Welcome on in to the Tony Parks Podcast. What a morning. What a bizarre morning. One of the weirdest that I can remember at this time of the year for dang sure. You already know by now Kawhi Leonard, he's going to be out for tonight's Game 5 and maybe for the rest of the series with a knee injury. Uh, In the other news, Chris Paul is out indefinitely for the Suns with health and safety protocols. Both of these players being out could have an enormous impact on deciding what happens in the Western Conference playoffs. It's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. We're going to get into it here in just a second, but I did want to take a moment and give my thanks to all of you who've been so kind uh, when having a chance to cross paths with you and talk with you at the arena or the ballpark. I mean, your your support really, really means a lot to me and to my family as well. So, You're the best fans in the NBA for so many reasons, but the past season has really showed me another level of why you're the best. And so having a chance to emcee the jazz games and host the uh, in-arena parties and everything else that's gone on this season, it's been a really, really special year. And of course, we hope that it ends uh, with the ultimate prize for the Utah Jazz. So thanks a million uh, for all the love that you've given. Uh, No matter where it's been, it's, it's meant a lot to us. All right, I want to get to this part. One of my favorite performances in NBA history took place before I was ever born. Uh, I think you could put it right up there with the greatest championship game or championship round performances in any sport, Uh, whether it's Don Larson's perfect game in the World Series, Nadia Comaneci had a perfect 10 in the Olympics, James Worthy's game seven in 1988, Bill Walton's game six in 77, Jerry West had a game seven that was phenomenal, but they lost. Phil Simms couldn't miss in in the Super Bowl, and I'm I'm sure I'm leaving out others, but we don't have all day. I think the championship game performance by Magic Johnson in the 1980 NBA Finals Game 6 is right at the top. Not just because he put up, you know, 42-15-7 and to win the title as a rookie, but he did it with Kareem being injured and unavailable to play. I mean, they had to have a a high-level performance somewhere to get it done. Magic played out of position, and he also played out of his mind. There are very few Magic Johnsons out there who can go play out of position and garner 42-15-7. LeBron James did it in the Eastern Conference Finals back in 2012 uh, at Boston, and it was an unbelievable performance. I think it was Game 6, and then they won that series in Game 7. Right? So... What Magic did, what LeBron did, there are just very few players that can do that. And one of those very few players we saw last night, Kevin Durant, in a high-stakes situation, gives his team 49-17-10, rallied them from down big, put them up three games to two, and it looked for a moment like this Brooklyn Nets team might be in some serious trouble. And I have news for you. While the Nets had that guy... While the Lakers had that guy in 1980 and the Miami Heat had that guy in 2012, the Los Angeles Clippers in 21 don't have a guy like that on their roster that's healthy right now. 
Paul George is the number one option to go out there and score for his team. And while I've always admired his talents, I'm going to confidently say he's not that guy. And I know that Steve Ballmer was fired up when they got George and Leonard on the same team. Remember that? He was like, whoa, pretty cool. Like, yeah, he should have been fired up. But let's get serious here. No Leonard, no chance. At least it should be that way, in my opinion. This is one of the craziest mornings I can remember in a long time. That Clipper team was down two games to none against Dallas. They trailed 30-11 to against the Mavericks in game three. I don't know what was wrong with them. Leonard hadn't even shot the ball yet in that game. And then Leonard flipped the switch. The lead was down to one possession in the blink of an eye. Clippers win four of the next five to take the series. You can talk about all the things that were wrong with the Mavericks, and you'd be right. And you can talk about all the other things that make the Clippers a good team, and you'd be right. But let's get down to the real bottom of what makes the Clippers a true championship contender. It's number two. He can take over the game in a series in a variety of different ways, and he had already done it at times in this series. He's one of the most underrated winners in the history of sports, in my opinion. And if he's to win a title with the Clippers at any time while he's there and become the central piece to three different championship teams that I would not consider super teams in any of those three scenarios, that to me puts him in a place that very few should ever be labeled, in my opinion. So... I thought it was essential for the Jazz to get the first two games because I didn't think the Clips would beat them four out of five. And without Mike Conley, the Clippers are capable of doing that. But now the Clippers are not healthy. And by the way, Conley out for game five. So this game five tonight was already really fragile for Utah. And while this is still the feeling of that must-win game, this series has been completely altered by the injury news of Kawhi. Now, the Jazz, by the way, owe no apologies for any of it. Them's the breaks. There's no asterisk that should be included if they win the series or the title. Them's the breaks. Every team has historically been hindered or helped by an injury or some other factor that has played into a series. Every team. And trust me, that has included the Utah Jazz. You Jazz fans know all about this. Some of those injuries were to really key players. Some of them were to players down the line on the roster that made the difference in the series or made a key difference in the series. Sometimes it made like no difference in the series, right? Like the 2017 series against the Warriors. It doesn't matter to me that, uh, that, that George Hill was out. They weren't winning that series. Ricky Rubio being out against the Rockets. That it doesn't matter in in 2018. They weren't going to win that series. So sometimes you have an injury that impacts, but in terms of the result, it probably was going to be that. But then you have a different scenario, like the 95 playoffs. Felton Spencer was not an all-star or one of the absolute best players for that team, but he was a key player for a 60-win team. It was the first time the Jazz had a team that I thought was capable of winning at all. They had the second best record in the league and it just so happened to line up that they faced up against a healthy championship Rockets team that had Akeem Olajuwon now going up against James Donaldson. Huge difference. The Jazz almost won the series, but the point is you could feel the difference immediately without Felton Spencer compared to, say, James Donaldson. 
injuries helped the Jazz when they were going up against the Clippers in 17. While the Jazz went without Rudy for a few games and Hayward missed game forward food poisoning, Blake Griffin's injury was as big as any factor in that series. I don't know if the Jazz beat the Nuggets in 2010 if George Carl is coaching the team instead of Adrian Dantley. I don't know. And by the way, that, that Nuggets team didn't respect Adrian Dantley like at all when I was covering that locker room. And so even while the Jazz were dealing with their own injuries, that, you know, George Carl not being in really, I thought, uh, was a benefit to Utah. So all teams go through injuries. All of them. That is true. But not all injuries impact teams or a series the same way. Going without Mike Conley was a really big factor in this series that I think had been witnessed up through the first four games. But that is not as tough as the Clippers going without Kawhi Leonard. They're both all-stars, but they're on very different levels. The Lakers injuries really hampered their season this year. And if they stay healthy and right, I think they're the favorite. Tom Brady was slinging in Super Bowl 46 against the Giants. Then he took a random hit for from uh, what was it, Justin Tucker, or, or uh, it was either Tucker or Pierre Paul. I can't remember who hit him, but but anyway, his performance drastically changed from that point on. Everyone remembers him being just off target, including the throw to Welker that could have put the game away. Everyone remembers the Richard Sherman deflection to Malcolm Smith to send the Seahawks to the Super Bowl, but the Mike Eupati injury for the 49ers changed that game as much as anything. And I know some of these players that, that were injured, right, are obscure, and some of them are headliners, but they all impact the game differently. The variables that go into a season, a game, or series is what makes sports fun. And while injuries are never a positive thing, they're one of the most important variables. And so we all hope that when it comes to injuries, that it's a teaspoon of the recipe. Sometimes it's the biggest ingredient. So we know how this is going to impact the Clippers. We have a vision on how it might impact the series. Here's where this, I think, becomes very interesting for the Jazz. The Clippers playing well in games three and four, that didn't surprise me. I thought they'd win, actually, and I thought this would be 2-2 after four. The Jazz playing so poorly for so much of those games, that's what surprised me. The extremely high offensive rating for the Clippers most of the night, that can't happen like it did in game three. The start to game four can't happen like it did for the Jazz, where they put themselves in so much of a hole that it was almost insurmountable. And I did like the way that they uh, played in that second half. But they just, they dug too big of a hole. They have to flat out play better than they have in the past two games. Here's my other thought on the Jazz. They've been the team that loves to wear that chip on the shoulder, underdog mentality, no one believes in us, no one respects us, go prove them wrong. That's nice. But now... You're the favorite, a notable favorite in a high-stakes situation. It is very important, I think, that teams know when to use that chip and when not to because sometimes that chip on the shoulder helps you play free and determined, and there are other times that it causes pressure and stress that I think is undue. And that constant underdog doesn't always know how to handle that. Last year, this team had a three-games-to-one lead and a 15-point lead in Game 5 against the Nuggets. 
They went from chip on the shoulder, no one believes in us, no one respects us, to you are now from the underdog to the favorite. You are now the team that is supposed to win. They didn't handle that pressure very well. Carl Malone was the guy that played with that same chip. And when the Jazz were down in the finals, go watch him play. Played well, played free, played like you expect him to, MVP level. Put him on the line with a chance to win game one in 97 or hand him a really winnable situation in game five when Jordan had the flu and the series was tied 2-2, 16-point lead. Go watch the film. He didn't handle it well. But when they were down two games to none, or in 98 when they were down three games to one, 39 points. Best player on the floor. Went out there, determined, played played out of his mind. That, that was the, the Carl Malone that everybody wanted to see uh, you know, more regularly. But a high-stakes situation where it looked like he might be the favorite, he started feeling that pressure. Utah football thrives on being the underdog. And trust me, it, it's had its benefits. I'm not saying that this is a, a bad thing to use the underdog mentality uh, when it fits. It's part of why they've, they've played with such force over the past two decades. Two times they've been in a seriously high-stakes situation involving national championship or, you would say, playoff implications. Both times they were favored. Both times. It didn't go well. 47 to 7 in 2010 against TCU with two top five teams and 37 to 15 against Oregon in the 19 Pac 12 title game, where if they win, they have the best argument out of anybody there to be uh, that fourth playoff team. Don't know how it would have gone had they got there, but that's not the point. The point is this was the situation. They were favored, they were in a position that they'd fought so hard to be in, chip on the shoulder. No one respects us. All, everybody giving them that benefit of the doubt and the spotlight was on them and it was time to move from underdog to favorite and they didn't know how to do it. And this Jazz team last season, I think had the same problem against the Nuggets. Once again, not saying the chip on the shoulder can't be beneficial, but at some point you go from proving everyone else wrong to now going out and proving yourself right. If you're going to be the ultimate champion in any sport, some of that transition has to take place. There is still pressure when you're the favorite. Becoming the champion includes handling pressure from this position. So tonight, the matchup predictor, which isn't everything, I know that, it gives Utah a 62% chance to win the game. They're the favorite now in a high-stakes situation. The chip on the shoulder can't be what you lean on. Now you just lean on being great. Now you lean on all the things that made you the best team in the NBA. And of course, the series is not a layup. Game five is still not a given. They have to play better than they have, uh, especially better than they have the last two games if they're going to get this done. But they caught a break that very few teams catch in a very important moment when it really looked like things were sliding the wrong direction. So... While the Jazz have always been viewed as that team that has had some bad luck in their past, well, if the 21 Jazz, the best team in the NBA, can't win two out of three with home court advantage against a Clipper team without Leonard, maybe for the rest of the series, then, then you can't say they deserve to be champs in the first place. Not because this should be easy, but if you're the best team with this situation in front of you, 
you win this. You win this. But as I said before, I think the Jazz well win the game tonight. I think they well win the series. Uh, They're number one for a reason. And for the Clippers, as good as they've been, in my opinion, no Leonard, no chance. Thanks for listening to the Tony Parks Podcast. Would love to get your take on this. Follow me on all forms of social media at Tony Parks 801. Uh, You can email me, TonyParks801 at gmail.com. So thanks so much for tuning in, whether it be on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. Uh, This has been the Tony Parks Podcast right here on the Utah Podcast Network. 